welcome viewers and thank you so much for listening in. And welcome Maria, thank you so much for accepting our invites. I am very, very grateful that you did accept um, and thank you. You wanna say anything to our viewers before we- I was just saying thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's an honor and a great pleasure. It's really exciting as well to uh, communicate in these new ways. It's my first time doing this kind of interview online. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's new, it's exciting. It's uh, kind of a, this portal, right? That we're crossing all together towards different ways of doing things. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just so grateful that I came into contact with you. And um, well, I'm sure there's a higher being that's bringing all of this together and bringing all of us together. Yeah, so I'm just very grateful for that. So guys, a little bit about Maria. Maria is born and raised in Puerto Rico. That's an amazing island in the Caribbean. She studied social sciences and thereafter ventured out to study sociology and education in the U.S. Shortly afterwards, she studied yoga in Rishikesh and thereafter continued a yoga journey, uh, a yoga education in the south of India. She began to engage with Ayurvedic diet and lifestyle principles. Over the years, Maria has, con uh, has continued learning how to adapt yoga throughout the different stages of a woman's life, from childhood to menstruation to pregnancy and menopause. Maria's personal journey with yoga, emphasizing womb wellness, has inspired her to share this transformative knowledge and teaching, sorry, and to integrate it into a personal practice and teaching. She believes that through healing our relationship with the womb, we can transform our whole lives. So, wow, Maria, that's actually a mouthful and it's quite interesting. I think a lot of us as women, we tend to neglect ourselves, even our, our, our I think our womb. We, we, take to take it, we actually tend to take it for granted, thinking it is part of us and it's our, I mean, it's, it's always going to be there. But sometimes we do have problems within that part of the body and we don't know how to recover from it. We go to medical practitioners and maybe they actually numb the pain or they, they do other stuff, but they don't get to the root of the problem. So I'm, uh, I'm actually quite uh, intrigued by this topic and I'm actually also very, very interested to learn more. And I know it's gonna be in a, an awesome and a basic, basically a more informative discussion today. So maybe you can also, if I missed out anything, you can also bring our um, our audience more into your life and get for them to actually uh, connect with you and get to know you better. Sure. Thank you, Ashnavi, for that lovely introduction. Um, well, the finding yoga and it turning out to be something that heals my womb was a bit by, by, by fortune, by coincidence, you could say. And that's what's really beautiful about it because it has been an, a very experiential learning process, which yoga should be. 
to give a little bit more background in my story from childhood, from my adolescence and early 20s, I was uh, I went through different experiences where I felt either, you know, sexually assaulted or abused or uh, just traumatized in different ways with regards to my sexuality and not feeling like I had a real understanding of what sexuality is and the health of my womb and my my reproductive organs, for example. So all of that got kind of ignored or like you said, taken for granted or sort of swept un under the rug where it's there, but you can't see it, you ignore it, you pretend it's not happening. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, I was having a lot of different conditions things like getting the flu or colds often, or I struggled with bronchitis, and also um, I was getting different kinds of infections and just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, and until finally one day I had an accident where my back was injured really severely and I had to do something very gentle to help myself recover and yoga kept coming up as a recommendation from doctors and from different people that I should try it and I very reluctantly started practicing yoga. It was hard for me to slow down my life, uh, to slow down my exercises, to slow down all of these things that I was used to do to make myself feel good. Now I had to, it, it was all changing. So that's how I started with yoga. And the, the way that it transformed my life, I mean, not only did it take away or help to ease the pain, it also started to ease my mind. And in ways that I can't really describe in words, my life just started changing in a really positive way, mostly, where I was experiencing more calm, more uh, better relationships, better communication. Um, still at that point, my, my relationship to yoga was more at a very physical level and I didn't even realize how much work I still had to do in my womb. So I think that the other things that were presenting themselves, like even this accident that caused these injuries on my back, they're actually the universe's or fate's way to show me that there was more that I needed to work on. Because yes, this accident gave me back pain and it was very obvious, but after the back pain started to subside and things started to get better, then I'm discovering all these other layers and it's actually really deep in my womb, all these other things that were coming up. Um, so, you know, to make a long story short, I was also in the process of recovering from uh, being off birth control pills. I was on birth control pills for about, I think, 10 years. It's just a crazy, or eight to 10 years, something like that. So crazy to think that I was on it for that long. So you, I was very disconnected from my natural cycle or from whatever my body 
would have been doing uh, if I wouldn't have been on the pill, uh, which, you know, that's a, it's a big conversation to have about the birth control pill and everybody has the right and the capacity to make the choice that's best for them. Um, but for me, it, it was something that I enjoyed having as an option because I didn't want to have to deal with anything related to, to my menstruation, for example, or it just wasn't things that I was brought up to care about that much or to even want to have to face more so because of all the taboos that are related to menstruation, you know? So I was very happy not to have a real menstruation for, for that long and to not have to deal with all of the pain and the things that, were, that I had associated to menstruation in my adolescence. So this, this period with birth control pills was really a big gap, or sorry, a big, uh, yeah, a gap or pause in my connection to my, my natural menstrual cycle. Um, once I got off, now I've been off for like seven years and it feels like these seven years have been seven years of detoxing and um, re relearning and discovering all of that stuff that was really deep in my womb that I didn't address. And it's, it sounds, when I'm saying it like this, it sounds like some kind of esoteric philosophical thing. And it, and it is at the mental level, you know, there's a lot of subtleties to what I'm saying. But I'm also talking about at the physical level, the, I didn't realize the kind of tension that I was holding in my abdominal area in my within my abdominal organs and my pelvis well um, my diaphragm I didn't realize how much tension I was holding in there and how much resistance there was to letting go of that because when you start letting go of those things you also have to have the strength to confront them for a moment even if it's just a brief moment sometimes it can be longer <laughs> so so it takes a lot of courage, actually, to do practices that are helping to heal the womb. Because in that process, there's also uh, uh, recognizing what's going on and, and confronting it. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit more about my, my story and what brought me to womb wellness. Essentially, I've been talking to so many women over the years from all walks of life uh, that, and men as well. Uh, I do believe that men, they don't have a physical womb space, but there is uh, a subtle womb space. And, and we can talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Um, but I've in talking to other people and then telling me their stories about these processes that they also went through uh, in relationship to the cycles, the women that have had hysterectomies, women that have um, had traumatic experiences with their first menstruation or are now dealing with different conditions. Uh, and, and when they start connecting the dots, you know, and you start looking back at the different things that happened in your childhood, in your adolescence, and 
whatever stages of life, when you start connecting the dots, you realize, wow, there was just a lot of lack of information. There was a lack of communication um, of spaces and like this one to have these conversations. Uh, so, you know, in creating these spaces, we're really facilitating it, that yoga already, which is people connecting, like you said earlier, and then finding that within themselves, connecting with themselves and being prepared to share with other people then how can, uh, what can be supportive of this life stage that you're going through now. You know, the more we learn that for ourselves, the more we can be role models or examples for people that are looking for also that experience. Thank you so much for that. Um, yes, you are right. I mean, we actually have, we have, we basically, we need more topics, more platforms like this to discuss these topics that are so close to our heart. Most of us are living more in our heads than really living our lives. And that is why we are building up the tension within us and we have to find a way to release it. And for me personally, I know yoga uh, actually helped me a lot in so many ways. So you, um, you basically told us how yoga has helped you. Um, how would you um, advise our, our audience? There is quite a few out there already. So welcome guys. It's, we are grateful that you are here listening to us. And if you have any questions for Maria, you can actually start typing it out right now. At least then by the end of our discussion with Maria, we can go on um, our Facebook feed and we can basically uh, read out the, the questions and we'll get Maria to actually answer them for you. So this is your chance to ask Maria whatever you have um, in your mind and whatever is bothering you. If you want more peace of mind, this is your chance. Take, the, take advantage of this opportunity. So Maria, how can yoga be as an, how can yoga be used as a healing tool um, in, a woman, in women's health? Well, wow, where to start with that? It's, it's a big question, but it's also a simple answer. The, the world, the world, the, the word healing, I actually found out today in thinking about this question, I found out that the, it comes from the root word for whole. And yoga means union. So I, I think it's really interesting that there's that connection where healing means wholeness or coming back to a wholeness, coming back to being healthy again, making something whole again, right? So that's what yoga is. Yoga is, is really, a, you know, we can look at it as a philosophy, as an art, as a science, however you look at it, but the essence of it is bringing things back together of making us aware of that union and also connecting all the dots for our lives becoming more aware of the wholeness within ourselves and how we can bring bring connect back to that wholeness because we never really lose the wholeness we maybe just lose our perception of it i believe so the process of of healing is the process of coming back to wholeness 
And when we look at yoga, if we look at it from just the physical perspective, say we look at just asanas, postures, then what yoga is facilitating is an alignment of our structural body, right? It's aligning our bones and our muscles so that then the organs are placed in, in their optimal position to function better. So our skeleton and our muscles are supporting the body, but what's keeping the body alive are those vital organs. And those organs need a really, uh, they, we, need, we need to support that space. You know, I think, in, especially lately in yoga, we've been talking a lot about spaces, creating spaces for healing. Um, you can create a physical space in your home, you can go to a yoga studio, but essentially we need to take that learning and apply it to our own bodies. What kind of spaces are we creating in our own body? You know, are we, maybe we are on the outside where making everything nice and pretty and relaxing, but then we need to also bring that within. So once your structural body is aligned, once you, you've, you have some support through your yoga practice, your organs start to really find their space. They start, the organs find their right placement or their optimal placement, depending on your body, everybody's different. Uh, and then they can function the way they're meant to function. And when the organs function properly, especially the organs in the abdominal cavity, our digestive organs, for example, when they're functioning properly, then our nervous system finds balance, our lymphatic system finds balance, our hormonal system finds balance. Right. So essentially our whole we, we come back to whole. We heal, we come back to whole. And in the in the in the context of women, I think it's so important because part of being a woman intrinsically, we we are more connected. We have uh, well, not more, but we are very connected, much more than we realize. And I don't just mean connected to each other, which we are very much, but I mean, we have um, a very big potential for uh, you tapping into our intuition, right? Using our intuition, our instinct to guide us in, in the direction that is best for us. Everybody has that potential, but I really think that, um, well, I'll leave it at that. Everybody has, <laughs> everybody definitely has that potential. Uh, as women, we know that because women or people that have a uterus, if we're going to be, um, we have to open it up as well to the understanding that we're moving into a new age of uh, accepting everybody's differences. So I am kind of making a parenthesis to express the fact that uh, I connect, we're connecting as women, but there's also people that might not identify as women that might have wombs. Um, there's, there's men, like I was saying earlier, that might not have a, a uterus, but they have a connection to that feminine aspect. And I think that's amazing and it's really valuable. And I think men also need to heal their relationship with their wombs uh, at the subtle level and also with the womb that they came from. Often there's uh, 
or just the idea of the womb in general, right? Uh, but what I was what I was getting at is that um, we, as as people with a womb space, we also can really tap into this creative potential through our womb space. So it's not just a physical space, it's also an energetic space. In yoga, we study the chakras, the different energy centers, and the energy centers that are in the area that the womb is in. They're very connected to our sense of our willpower, to our sense of grounding, security, to our relationships, to our creative potential as well. So the womb space is not just a space that could potentially create physical life, it's also a space that can create um, you know, new relationships or projects or um, new ideas, whatever it is, it's also, you're also birthing it from your womb space. Yes. Uh, I think your mic is still muted. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I think I'm just too excited to actually learn more and share more. So yeah, thank you. Very, very um, interesting answer. And it's a very good way of putting it into perspective. Um, also for men as well, because not all of them know how to, um, how could I say it, uh, accept um, how, how things, how, how women are, how the, the behavior and the, um, the issues that they actually deal with, especially with womb, you know? I mean, it's like, uh, we have the mother earth, uh, the mother earth actually putting all of this, all of us housing, all of us, just like that woman also, they, they birth um, another generation. They birth so well, basically their own personality is totally different. And for men to also understand that and accept that. And like you said, they also need to um, acknowledge they also came from, from that, from a, from a home. So yeah, it's quite nice the way you actually put it into perspective for us. Um, how soon can one see results? I know yoga is a process and everybody's, everyone's body is very different. Um, how would you basically explain it to our audience for them to see results? And especially for those that are not into yoga as yet and they are maybe contemplating getting into it, but we live in such a fast-paced world where everything it happens now and we want to see results now. So how would you actually tell them about seeing results? <laughs> I can say that you can see results right away. You can see results in, in the first session. Um, more than see results, you'll feel results because the results that we're talking about are not necessarily results on, you know, uh, I don't know the the tone of your of your arm muscles or your or your glutes or something like that. We're talking about results in the way that you feel and in the way that you can you function really right. Uh, so you know that's that's the the short and and simple answer because like you said there it's it's a lifelong process. Uh, there's the the amazing thing about life and yoga is that it's constantly teaching you lessons. So even when you think that you've 
got, you know, you've got it, then it shows you that, oh, wait, there's something still there to learn about yourself and about other people and everything. So it's a lifelong process. Um, and it's going to vary person to person. It really it varies completely person to person. It depends on the person's personality and their, it depends on their constitution, their body, uh, what underlying situation or condition that the person, everybody has physical things and also emotional things that, that have an effect. Uh, for some people, it's really easy to uh, kind of surrender to the practices, you know, to start and to make that connection and to feel the relaxation. For some people, it's not. So for, some, for a person that uh, may, first one person, maybe they try it the first time and they really are able to go into it and relax and they can see results right away and be inspired to continue. For other people, it might take a few more practices. It might take more time getting used to that, the approach to really allow themselves to embrace it. Because at the end of the day, for everybody, yoga is, yoga does its transformation when you open yourself to it and when you embrace it. It's not something that can be forced in any way. It's not something that uh, anybody else can, can do for you. It's, it's just something that kind of happens as you open yourself up to the opportunity. So yeah, it will vary from person to person. I would say um, it's a good idea to, if you're starting a new practice with whatever intention, you, you ideally want to give it a few weeks to give yourself time to reflect on if there's any resistance that comes up, uh, you know, why is that coming up? And then keep trying to see if over time, you it really does support you in whatever transformation you want to make uh, sometimes when we don't like something at first we are very reactive and we we just like no i don't like that it's not for me i'm not i'm not going to do that mm -hmm. and that's that's fine um however we have to we do have to take a moment to reflect what is it that is making me respond this way is there something really there? You know, is it that I'm offended by my teacher or is it that this is, it's, it's painful. I'm, you know, it's not good for me. It doesn't make me feel right. Or is it that it's new and it's different and I don't, I don't want to deal with those changes right now. And then depending on what the answer is, uh, which could take time to also understand, depending on what the answer is, then you can, also decide, do I try a new approach? Do I try a new teacher? Do I try, do I keep going? Do I give it some time and then come back to it? So there's no, there's no right or, or wrong answer with yoga. There's, um, there's always an opportunity to do it differently or come back and try again. Actually quite nice the way um, you actually explained all of that. 
And I think uh, finding the, the right yoga teacher is just like finding a doctor that you connect with. It's all about connecting. Um, and now that I'm actually on my yoga journey, I feel, I'm actually feeling my body even more. I'm getting to know my body even more. And that's how I'm also learning how to um, take a step back when I need to take a step back. And our body does talk to us if you only listen. And it's all about delving within. So um, by what you're saying about seeing results, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And again, with, with yoga, it's like once you go yoga, there's no going back. It may take a time. It may take time. You may actually fight it because you don't make time for yourself to make it onto the mat, which is the most difficult asana of all. But once you get onto the mat, it's the best feeling ever. So guys, try it. <laughs> um, Maria, would you advise um, yoga for someone that is experiencing irregular menstruation because i think a lot of women also experience that especially in stressful situations yeah thank you Rashnavi. um i would say the quick answer is yes i definitely would the important thing is that you maybe do a little bit of research or talk to people uh, to get some direction as to what kinds of practices would be most suitable. If you're having irregular menstruation, it's usually a sign that there is some kind of hormonal imbalance. And hormonal imbalances happen for many different reasons. It's nutrition, it's uh, psychological influences, you know, you, things that you're going through, like you said, stress, um, sleep patterns, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're, ha if you're having an irregular cycle, then it definitely means that you could benefit from yoga in general because yoga helps to balance hormones. It's just a fact of the whole process, especially when we're talking about, um, you know, the, the most known part of yoga, which is the asana, the postures, and the pranayama, the breathing. Those are the, the most well-known, which are really facilitating uh, in, a, in a more holistic scope of the, the whole body and mind to come to, to balance. Um, the thing is that you, you do want to know, especially with irregular cycles, then it's good to find out what types of practices are more suitable for you. And so it depends on what the irregularity is. It depends on what's causing it because you have irregularities where women are menstruating for too long or maybe for too little. Uh, you know, the, there's, a whole, uh, there's a wide variety of menstrual irregularities. Uh, and then the type of yoga practices that would be most suitable are going to depend, they're gonna vary depending on what your, the irregularity is that's presenting itself. And also your, constitution in general. Uh, and I keep saying constitution. Uh, in yoga, we also connect a lot to Ayurveda, which is the, uh, the knowledge of life. It's the sister science and the sister art to yoga. And uh, they really go hand in hand. They support each other. They facilitate growth in each other. And Ayurveda 
teaches us that everybody's constitution is different and but there's these components that if we understand them then we can help to bring balance so depending on what the person's constitution is what their natural tendencies are then you can look at what's presenting itself as well what irregularity and you can look at you know, how is that connected to the person's constitution? And then what kind of yoga practices are most suitable to bring balance? Uh, so most yoga practices are going to be helpful. Um, it's definitely, it would definitely help a lot to talk to somebody who can give you some guidance as to what types of yoga practices are most helpful for your particular situation. Yeah, that's actually um, also uh, another wow, wow uh, information because especially with the type of yoga that you would need, especially when you're going through something um, so it's, it's a bit serious depending on how, how irregular your, your menstruation is. And yes, like you just mentioned, you need to talk uh, to someone that is more experienced, more knowledgeable to, to get the, the right type of help. And would you recommend or can a yoga be uh, practiced during menstruation? Because a lot of people find or feel discomfort during that time of the month. I know with me, I don't want to do anything. I just want to um, lay in, in bed the entire day. And I do take a rest, but I don't want to get onto my mat. So what would you recommend or would you recommend yoga during that time of the month? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. And it connects to your previous question nicely because um, when we're talking about irregular menstruation, then we're thinking, okay, then what, what can I do? You know, And I like to look at it as what can you do as opposed to what can't you do because uh, we don't want to feel that we're being limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, a lot of the the transformation around womb wellness comes with looking at the womb and everything that the womb has within it as something with a lot of potential as opposed to something that's causing problems. I think that a lot of us struggle because we've been programmed or conditioned or or just our own experience, personal experience has led us to have a very negative relationship with anything that has to do with the womb space at so many levels, you know, even just the shape of the abdomen. <laughs> like we wanted to, we, we think that it should look in a particular way um, or how we respond when people talk about something like menstruation. There's, so, there's just so much restriction around it. And a lot of the transformation have, comes with embracing it as something that could bring a lot of wisdom into our lives. And, and, and I know your question is about um, can we practice during menstruation? And I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more, but I just wanted to... <clears throat> Uh, maybe uh, talk a little bit more about the idea of the womb because very often when you mention womb people think of just very specifically the uterus not always 
um, but often it's related to just the uterus. I mean, you can you can probably tell from this conversation that we're talking about much more than just the uterus. The, the root word for womb actually comes from a space. Uh, sometimes it refers to abdominal space uh, or the belly. But really we have a space between our diaphragm, this diaphragm under the lungs, and there's also the pelvic diaphragm at the bottom of the pelvis. And all of that uh, that, that's the abdominal cavity and all of these organs are housed inside there. So we look at the womb space at the physical level as all of those organs in the abdominal cavities, not just the reproductive organs. And then at an energetic, energetic level, then we're talking about all those centers in that space. Um, and so what I, what I want to connect to the practice of yoga during menstruation is that essentially what you, what you want to prioritize when you're in menstruation is creating a space of calm, it's creating a space of nurturing and softness in the womb. And then uh, this is something that we should be learning to practice throughout the month, not just when we're on our menstruation, because you know the, the thing with yoga, uh, same as other practices, is you have to do the practice so that when the time comes that you need the <laughs> the um, the tools and the resources and the techniques, then they you you can remember. Oh, I can just take some breaths, or oh. Um, I learned last week how to relax my groins. So now I'm on my menstruation, I'm feeling sore. I can remember how to relax my groins. Um, so yes, you can practice during menstruation. Um, we, we usually recommend at taking a rest on the first day or the second day. And by rest, I mean, it's just however you can slow down. I know that lives get really busy it's good to just look for whatever amount of space and time that you can make that maybe in the past you haven't made to slow down to take a little bit more time for yourself and go for a gentle walk or lie down in terms of yoga we we recommend if you have irregularities if you have conditions then we would say you can get a more specialized yoga practice in those days. But otherwise, just taking rest is perfect. And uh, sometimes I just lay in Shavasana in restful pose during, during those days. Sometimes on the mat, sometimes on the bed. <laughs> you know, I just lay there and I bring that awareness of my breath and that rhythm of the diaphragm, which we will do some practices tomorrow. I'm really excited about that. So this will all come together nicely. Um, but that's my yoga some days. It's just laying there in Shavasana and bringing my awareness to the breath and the softening of the abdomen. So yoga doesn't have to be this really elaborate, complex thing with you know, a bunch of different postures and, and practices. It, yoga is so much more than that. It's, it's tuning in, right? It's 
becoming aware of how everything's connected. So if you can just take a few moments to connect to your breath, connect to your abdomen and just check, am I resisting? Am I holding? Can I soften? Uh, that's perfect practice for menstruation. Thank you so much for so much of um, valuable information. So you basically answered or gave us enough information for what type of practice we would need during our menstruation. But what type of uh, menstru what type of practice would you would you recommend to someone that's in um, maybe pregnancy, first trimester, second trimester, or third trimester, and also during men menopause? Because although um, yoga should be enjoyed. Uh, throughout a, anyone's life, a woman's life, but now we're actually specifically talking about women. What type of practice would you recommend for someone that's um, going um, through the pregnancy or uh, menopause? Because especially during that time as well, I think it's similar to uh, menstruation where there's a lot of heat in the body. So is it the similar practice or something totally different with a little bit of uh, that practice as well? <laughs> Yeah, it's actually quite similar. The guidelines that we would rec that I would recommend for um, menstruation are quite similar to the ones that I would recommend for menopause as well as for pregnancy. Again, we have to remember that this is all going to depend on the person's and the individual, their constitution, and whatever other things are happening in their body and their lives. So it's. Um, it's good to have a conversation with your teacher or, or uh, if you know an Ayurvedic practitioner that also helps so that you can feel more what suits you. However, generally speaking, it's pretty safe to say that taking a more restorative practice, taking a more gentle approach is best. You know, like I was saying earlier, and I, I don't know, maybe I got a little bit sidetracked, so it's good that I'm coming back to it, but um, as women, we don't want to limit ourselves to say that we can't do this or we can't do that. We can, you know, during, during menstruation, during pregnancy, at any time of our lives, we have the capacity to do quite a lot. You know, I mean, I've seen women and I've been in situations where I, I get these bursts of superhuman strength all of a sudden, you know, like I just, okay, this needs to be done. I'm going to do it. And, and, it, and, and the strength comes from somewhere. So we're very strong. We're very capable in all the faces of our life. Um, when we tap into that, however, it's really important to allow ourselves to, to even take a rest from that, you know, to, to say, I, I don't need to prove, my strength right now. I'm going to prove myself that I can rest, that I can take care of myself, that I can take it easy, uh, that I can soften as well. So the practices that I recommend for pregnancy, for menopause, for menses are very similar. It's mostly restorative yoga. Uh, we, do, we do always focus on alignment because it's very important for the alignment of the body um, it's very important for the organs to, 
to be in alignment with the rest of the body. But then really it's the restoration, it's the restoratives, it's those really gentle practices where you're just tuning into the breath, uh, breath awareness practices, which is very simple. It's just noticing how you breathe without, you know, making too much of it. It's just coming back to the breath continuously as much as you can. You set a timer and you just are with your breath. These are really nice to do when you're supine. So um, especially during menstruation, it's nice to just lay on your back if that feels good. And again, relax your abdomen. Um, for like you were saying about the heat that comes up during menstruation and pregnancy and menopause, especially during menopause, we know that there's hot flashes that come up. Um, uh, there's some cooling breath practices that are really nice. One of them is shitali pranayama, uh, which you can do in two different ways. It's shitali and shitari, I believe the names. I might be mixing uh, the name up a little bit, but uh, it's you basically take either your tongue or your teeth and you draw in cool air from the, from the environment. And then that helps to cool your body temperature. So she the two variations are you either roll your tongue like that, but some people can't roll their tongue like that. So then you would do it just with a big smile through your teeth and you're inhaling through your teeth or inhaling through the tongue. So I think we'll do some of that tomorrow in practice, but you can even try it now quickly and you'll notice how it cools the temperature in your mouth immediately when you do this. And then that cools the temperature in the body. So cooling breath, that's one of the cooling breaths that's really nice. Um, alternate nostril breathing is another nice one. Just anything that's gonna bring calm and balance, it's, it's just the most essential thing. Uh, for pregnancy, it gets really specific depending on the trimester. Uh, on the first trimester, it depends on, the, on your history as well. Uh, but because the first trimester is very delicate in terms of implantation of the, um, of the egg and the endometrium, then you... It's, they say it's really nice to practice inversions or anything, anything where the abdomen has that opportunity to, again, find for the organs to find their place and then the uterus finds a comfortable place, then it's gonna facilitate implantation and for the egg to stay. Um, you would probably avoid doing very intense back bends mm -hmm. or anything that's gonna put unnecessary pressure on the abdomen. It's the same for menstruation actually as well. Um, and then in the second trimester of pregnancy, again, it depends on the woman, but they often call it the golden trimester because uh, often women have already gone through the phase of maybe if there was um, nausea or you know morning sickness or things like that in the first trimester by the second trimester they're often gone and you've gotten used to the pregnancy a little bit and you're not too advanced that you have limited mobility so the second the second trimester is the women usually have more energy usually can do a little bit more um 
So there, you still want to be gentle. You still want to uh, embrace softness and space for you and baby, but you can be a little bit more active in the second trimester. And then the third trimester, again, it depends on the mom, but you, you would just take into account, obviously, the, the size of the belly as well as whatever, however that restricts mobility. So that's the biggest thing on the third trimester. It's more so being able to move and there's a lot more soreness. There's a lot more stiffness in the joints. So gentle stretching, gentle breathing, again, is gonna be most supportive. Uh, in the third trimester, it's also really important to not overdo it, especially with certain, um, like back bends, for example, can put a lot of pressure in the front of the belly. You can do them. Again, we can do anything. <laughs> We're a powerful woman. We can do anything. That's the potential of the womb. But uh, there is a risk of that there's going to be too much. Um, pardon for my, I'm missing the word. Um, but basically the, the division that is created along the, the middle of the abdomen already from the belly growing. Now in the third trimester, if you're doing too many back bends, then you could cause for that, that to split even more. So that, it takes a lot, uh, long time for that to heal and recover. So rather just go more for easy. The, the main thing that you need to cultivate during pregnancy is actually to learn to breathe, you know, to develop that understanding of how your pelvis moves so that when it comes time to give birth, you can breathe through it, you can accept what you need to accept, let go of what you need to let go of. This is what yoga teaches us. Um, so it's really important in pregnancy to develop that awareness first and foremost. Wow. Thank you so much. You gave us a lot of information today and uh, hopefully all of our uh, listeners also enjoyed that and took down notes. I took a lot. We come to an end, uh, to the end of our session with uh, Maria Victoria. So I did recap, I will recap everything. And also if you, just a reminder, to our viewers if you have any questions for maria please uh, do uh, share them on to the on the news feed sorry on the comments feed so um we can actually um read them out and maria will be able to answer them to for you so i tried to recap everything there's a lot of information so i just took on the key points whatever i thought is beneficial and um so, but if you actually want to go back onto this video later on, the replay will be there for you. So you can always go on and um, yeah, as I said, you can share it as well. So there's always going to be information and we're going to try to do, do this more often. So there's always, always going to be more information, more learning platforms for you. So um, as we, when we started, Maria basically said um, with yoga, it, it brings everything together. It makes everything whole, aligning the bones and the muscles and the organs finding their place. Yoga is also about seeing and feeling the results. It's about, more about um, getting to know your real self. 
And you also, with yoga, you find uh, the hormonal, if, if there's a hormonal imbalance or nutrition, psychological imbalance, you need to find out what type of practice is beneficial to you because everyone is different depending on your constitutional uh, type of body. And find what the irregularity is. It's better to get professional help. And if you need to talk to a professional yoga teacher or even a medical doctor to actually get more information on that. And even with yoga, you always have to get uh, some sort of uh, permission or recommendation from your doctor before you even start your practice. It's better that way. Um, you also, you need to, uh, well, well, basically with yoga, it creates a space of calm and softness also nurturing especially during that time of the month where everything gets so swollen inside and there's no space so when you create when you practice uh, some of the hip openers it basically creates more space and also releases all of the heat so as maria also mentioned um, the breathing techniques that creates more coolness within the body shitali and shitakri um, I, I cannot do the rolling of the tongue. I cannot do the rolling of the tongue. I tried it. Um, my tongue is still quite stiff, I guess. More practice for me. <laughs> I think it's genetic. I heard it's genetic. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so also, yeah, it depends on the person's constitution, like what we mentioned before, and a restorative and gentle practice during um, our menstruation cycle. And like Maria also mentioned, we shouldn't only practice that during that time of the month. It should be practiced during the course of the month. So it prepares the body to um, imbibe that calmness within. We do live in a very fast-paced world. It's a rat race out there. And we always have to find space, time for ourselves, just to block out the outside and delve within and find that calm. So yeah, very, um, very informative. I try to bring everything in one uh, bubble, try to more holistically, but as I said, I couldn't do justice to it. Um, yeah, but as I said, Maria, it was very, very enjoyable. I really enjoyed it, and I'm sure whoever was out there listening, they really, they also appreciated it. And again, I'm just very grateful that we came into contact and you're actually on this platform sharing all of the knowledge, and you have vast knowledge to share. So this one program wasn't enough. We will do more and you can actually share more. And also, um, Maria can also tell us where to follow her on social media and even in the outside world. And hopefully this, um, this virus leaves us soon so we can actually do more on the open. So I'll leave it to you, Maria. Sure. Um, my website is being re remodeled right now, so I'll, maybe we can share that in the future. But uh, my, you can find me on Instagram at calotropics, uh, and that's C-A-L-O dot T-R-O-P-I-S. Maybe we'll share that also later. I think it'll be more yeah. easy for people. But you, you can just drop a message here if you have a particular question or if you want to get my contact details just leave a message and then we will contact you in case you have any questions or you want to chat more about the topic you want to find out about classes uh, we're teaching online at the moment and 
Uh, I'll also be teaching in Kloof at this really amazing place that opened up called the Bub Club. It's uh, uh, like a hub for moms and babies to go and receive services specifically catered for, for, for moms and babies. <laughs> and I'm going to be teaching yoga there for pregnancy and for menstrual health and hormonal health. Uh, so if you're in the Upper Highway area in Durban, you're welcome to join there. Uh, and also, like I said, I'm going to be teaching online. And yeah, it's good to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations as well. So I'm happy to, to chat with anybody one-on-one -on -one if they want to find out a little more about how they can adapt practices according to their needs and their, where they are with their cycles. Um, yeah, I think that, that's it. I think the best thing would be if you want to chat more, if you want to get in touch, then just leave a message and we will, we will reach out. Yeah, it's, I actually went onto our comments feed and I see there's no questions there. So guys, um, if you do have any questions and you're shy to maybe put, this, uh, put it out on, the, on a public flat platform, you can always message me or email me or WhatsApp me. All of my social details are on social media. So I'm quite uh, available on social media. Um, but also this platform is basically created for you. So you should know uh, there's no judgment. And um, basically we, we're trying to practice more kindness and uh, more love, more self-care for ourselves. And that is why we, we try to make it more accessible, more available to you. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's your journey. And when you're ready to ask these questions, we are here for you. Thank you once again. And thank you so much, Maria. Thank again, you. I'm very grateful that you did uh, come on to this uh, platform to share all of your knowledge with us. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for joining.